0: Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC and enjoy the sermon. God has something new for all of us in 2024. He has something new for the body of Christ in 2024. And honestly, I don't believe God wants us to look at this upcoming year that we're in the progress of journeying through now with a a sense of fear or dread. But I I really think we need to face this year with a sense of expectancy. I mean that with all my heart. The world isn't interested in a church that's faithless. But as we remain faithful, amen, what does faithful mean? Full of faith. How many of you are full of faith? How many of you want to be full of even more faith? Amen. Amen then I've got a word that I believe is gonna transform. I do. I have a word that I believe God is going to really bring some revelation, some rhema to you, and and it's gonna be very helpful as you navigate decisions, direction. Some of you are saying, you know, if God still speaks, how come I can't hear his voice? There are some people, Christians, that feel that way. Well, sometimes it may be because maybe he's not speaking yet, and you're getting anxious, everybody wants to get on with life, right? Now, I know not all of you, but there, those that aren't here today, they're that way, right? But anyhow, everybody wants to get on with life, but it's imperative we know how to wait until He speaks. Amen? But then there's those, He is speaking, but they haven't come to that place where they can really decipher, discern, and hear the voice of God. So God still speaks. Everybody say, He speaks. He speaks. You'll find throughout the Bible, there are multiple, multiple examples, and even throughout history, of those who accomplish great things, all because they heard from God. So God wants us to hear from Him. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. And if we are believers, if we're Christians, not attendees of church, but Christians, amen? The label over the door isn't what makes us a Christian. It's that relationship with Almighty God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So there's a lot of many religious institutions, Christian institutions that are preaching Jesus. Maybe their worship's a little different from us, but they're preaching Jesus and they love the Lord. They're just as much a part of His church as we are. Amen? Amen. So for those of us who know the Lord, there are many examples we can grow in and, and gain confidence from, encouragement from, those that heard from God. Think about it. One person in particular was Moses. How many are familiar with Moses? All right, you better be. You better be. If not, you're in the right place. You're going to learn a little bit today. Well, Moses, as you look at the Bible and read through, you'll find he was born a slave. Was born into slavery. And so as he grew, there was a need for his life to be protected following his birth because Pharaoh was concerned that all of these Jewish slaves that worked for him, because they were multiplying, their population was on a very fast pace for increase, that they would outnumber his population and overthrow his kingdom. So all male children, two years of age and younger, there was an edict that went out and said they were to be put to death. Population control, called euthanasia, right? Anything that takes innocent life, It's not from God. Amen? The Lord is the one who gives us life. And when our purpose, our time is over, then we go to be with him if we know him and love him. But Moses, he didn't have a choice, so his sister Miriam hid him in the marsh of the Nile River. And one day when Pharaoh's daughter was there along the river refreshing herself, she heard a noise. And it was the noise of Moses, a baby. She rescued the baby from the marsh, the Nile, took the baby in and conjured up this story that the gods of Egypt, right, had brought this child to her, this male child, this son, supernaturally. So because they were into all of the idolatry, the idol worship, they bought into the story. I mean, she could have just said, I found the baby in the Nile, but she knew that would result in his death then. And she being with a barren womb, this was an answer to prayer for her. And honestly, part of God's providence in bringing forth a miracle for the Jewish people to preserve the promise of Messiah. And here we are today. Somebody say amen. 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 So she brings a child in. He's raised in all of the learned, the culture, the education, academia, uh, the religious belief systems of Egypt. And so he had no idea because he had never been told the truth of how he was found, how his birth came about. All that he knew was the narrative of his adoptive mother, Pharaoh's daughter or sister. And so they took and began to train this child, and then at the age of 40, through a series of events, he became aware of his Jewish roots. Then as the truth began to come out, he then had this incessant desire to discover more about who he really was and is at that time. And so as things progressed... He went out and lived amongst the people, and he wanted to see what the Jews were actually going through, the mistreatment and and the beatings and the misrepresentation. And and, and while he was there, he then saw an Egyptian soldier, guard, who began to beat one of the Jewish slaves as they were doing slave work around the pyramids. And, And so he intervened to try and stop, but what started as an intervention turned into the taking of the guard's life by Moses. When Pharaoh and the authorities found out Moses was brought in, they questioned, what what is this you have done, my son? Then he began to share. And then the truth of how he really came into being came to light. And that's then when Pharaoh, with his anger and feeling betrayed, even though Moses didn't find this till then, but hoping that Moses would renounce his Jewish roots and still remain loyal to Egypt and to Pharaoh, when Moses didn't do this, rather than being put to death, Pharaoh exiled him from Egypt, commanding that he should never return. If he did return, it would mean his death, his execution. So all that he had when he was removed from Egypt was the staff that was in his hand, and he went out for 40 years. The number of a generation... 40 years living in the wilderness. You know, He had no money, he had no resources, he had nothing. Wilderness is called a wilderness for a reason. There is no provision. And so following a series of events when he then came to meet the clan of Jethro who became Moses' father-in-law, then he married Zipporah, one of the daughters of Jethro, and he began to build a life still having no possession to call his own. All of the inheritance, everything that there was, belonged to his father-in-law. And then one day, just like every other day that Moses encountered and experienced, he heard a noise. And then he saw from a distance a bush that was consumed and glowing, fire illuminating from it. But yet the bush was not being consumed. So obviously, like you and I, we'd want to check this thing out. So he ventured, got closer and closer. And then when he was within very close proximity, the bush spoke. Let me ask you, would that capture your attention? (laughs) You're over and taking a nice stroll uh, in Peace Valley along Lake Galena. And all of a sudden there's a bush there and it's on fire, it's not burning. And a voice speaks from it. Nowadays, one of my grandsons, you know, he has a device and they can hide it somewhere, it can make noises, and it's all being propagated by the control system that's in their hands at another location. So we might think somebody's up to a a joke, but there was no technology during that time. And so Moses, when he finally heard the voice, Moses, Moses, he had a conversation with God. God spoke. Aren't you glad God still speaks? Even when we're thick-headed, Even when we're so distracted by everything else, God still speaks. Hallelujah. He speaks through His Word, amen, first and foremost. And everything else that He speaks through other means and methods must be in agreement with His Word. But God speaks even supernaturally like He did to Moses. So Moses received his instructions. He's commanded to go back back to Egypt, the place where he was exiled from, the place that if he ever returned... He was promised he would be put to death. Yet God said, you're to go with the word and you're to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I'm sure now when Pharaoh, the son of the original Pharaoh who exiled, you know, Moses, when he saw this one who had the potential at one point in time in Egypt to become the next Pharaoh, a challenge to the true blood of Pharaoh's son, I'm sure he was outraged, and then to come with a command to the most powerful person in the world. You just don't do that, especially when there's a feud involved. So he says, let my people go. You know the rest of the story. Following 10 plagues and then passing through the Red Sea on dry ground, God leads Moses after they're in safety on the other side of the Red Sea through a series of many, many days. God leads Moses to Mount Sinai the mountain of God the mountain where then Moses ascended to the top of the mountain and God spoke God had a word and this is where the story continues as we look at our text this morning Exodus chapter 19 verses 3 through 6 Turn in your Bibles with me please always bring your Bible to church I know it's very convenient but I want you to grow even as you see your pastor using his Bible, as we become more familiar with flipping through the pages, learning the chapters, learning where the books fall, you will find over time, you will be versed because I can assure you there will be times when you will not have a Bible with you and you'll need the truth. So as you become more familiar, you'll even begin to remember these scriptures. So as I read in the New King James Version, the Word of God reads, and Moses went up to God. I want you to remember that. Where did he go? He went up. Everybody say he went up. He went up to God and the Lord God called to him from the mountain saying, thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Now what exactly is happening here? God is speaking to Moses. God is giving him instruction. But it wasn't just for Moses. What God was doing, he was challenging Moses to go up to the next level. Did you hear me? The next level where Moses would go because he was following the Lord and the people, the nation of Israel, was following Moses. If Moses went up, the people were taken higher. If he didn't heed the commands or calls of God, if he went down or another direction, he was leading people in the wrong direction. But Moses, as Jesus referred to as the most Humble, meekest man on the earth. And that was Jesus confirming that. This was a man who indeed had a heart to obey and follow as they did the cloud by day and the fire by night. Can you imagine that? You didn't need GPS. There was a cloud by day, a fire by night to illuminate, to protect. When you're out in the middle of nowhere, what becomes a tremendous protection? Fire. So God not only led by fire, but protected them with fire. The book of Hebrews says, our God, everybody say, our God, God. is an all-consuming fire. When it comes to the fire of the Holy Spirit, His fire is never our enemy. His fire is our friend. Amen? Amen. So here Moses being challenged to the next level. But do you know what? God is challenging you and I to do the same. This happened thousands of years before us, but the principle is exactly the same. God doesn't want any of us to remain where we are. We've not arrived when it comes to our spiritual walk with the Lord. There's more to learn and more He desires to do, not only in us, but through us. But if we don't go to the next level, if we resist, Lord, I don't have time for the next level. The next level scares me. I don't know what waits there. That's where, as we emphasize that opening word, faithful. That's where faith comes in, when we're full of faith. The next level is exciting. Nothing bad is waiting at the next level. Satan will tell you that. But everything good comes from the hand of God. James said that, chapter 1, verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation nor shadow of changing or turning. So the Lord, He's waiting in your future. He's already at the next level and He's in, come on It's great up here. You haven't even begun to see, hear, or understand what I've prepared for you because you love me. Isn't that what Paul said to the church of Ephesus? Eye has not seen, ear hasn't heard. You know, don't allow your lack of understanding of what's ahead to keep you from stepping into your future and going to the next level. The Lord with Moses He wanted to lead Moses into that divine inheritance that was waiting for Israel. And if Moses stepped into it, then the Israelites would as well. And that's what's waiting for you too. There's an inheritance, a spiritual inheritance that far outweighs any monetary inheritance that you can receive in this lifetime. There are some things that money just can't buy, right? The Beatles sang about it, can't buy me love, right? Money can't. It can maybe capture someone's attention, but it can't buy the heart. And there are things, no matter how much you have, when people are facing an illness and a doctor gives a prognosis, there's no hope. Get your house in order. Well, with man, things are impossible. But with God, everybody say, with God. Come on now. All things are possible. That's the God we serve. That's what's waiting at the next level. Where the impossible becomes possible. But this will never happen if you refuse to make the climb. Going up always means climbing, right? Next level. Now some people want to bypass the climb and take the elevator. But I'm here to tell you with the Lord it's not an elevator, but He will strengthen you to make the journey, to make the climb. Look at Moses following his exile from Egypt. Moses, look at him before God appeared. He had no dream. He had no possessions. He had no ambition, nothing. He was just existing. That's what living in the desert for 40 years will do to someone. When there's nothing that you can access. No malls, couldn't get on the internet, couldn't browse, right? Couldn't channel surf, watch the latest chariot race on cable TV. He didn't have access to any of that. 40 years with nothing. But in a moment, aren't you glad for a divine moment? In a moment, suddenly, everything changed. Exodus 3 4, when Moses was at the burning bush, this is when the miracle began for Moses. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, speaking of Moses, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He had Moses' attention. Have you ever heard, I found Jesus? Right? You've had people say, Oh, I, I found the Lord. Well, my response always is, He was never lost. You didn't find him, he found you. And the same thing with Moses. Moses didn't find God that day. God always knew where Moses was. And God found Moses. God was looking for Moses, not the reverse. And God called to Moses before Moses ever intended to cry out to God. In fact, that God was the last thing he was looking for. That's the way I got saved, he was the last thing on my agenda. I, I had no desires. I, when I would see Christian TV, it's, that's why it's such an irony that we're going to have a weekly you know, broadcast starting in February, because before I was a Christian, I used to turn that on and laugh at these preachers. God, forgive me. He did. He gave me grace. I sure didn't deserve it. But I used to mock and laugh, and now here I am, a preacher of the gospel, and the last thing I thought I'd ever do is have some type of a weekly gospel outreach on television, and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that go on through the airwaves that are unacceptable to God. But then there's a lot of wonderful ministries that are there. But I, I just figured the airwaves were filled enough with all these other wonderful, eloquent preachers. So why would my voice be necessary? Which, by the way, last week when we launched the vision for River TV, we have 27, nearly 30, 27 people who have embraced and supported, sponsored, one week. So we need 52 weeks in total to be able to pay in full for this. God always pays for what he orders, amen. We are just a few more away. It will be paid in full. If you would like to be a part of the 52 team, God's mighty men of valor, just like David had the 37 mighty men of valor, we want you to be a mighty man or a mighty woman of valor and support this. Got a wonderful testimony, which we'll share later, of someone who by faith pledged to the program. They needed a job, but they didn't. But by faith, they felt to support and sponsor. One year in the way of one week's support. The next day, they were on the look for a new job, new opportunity, and a door open, excelling, exceeding, going beyond what they ever expected. God responded, and my response was to the person who told me, I said, you sponsored one week. God gave you a job. Now, you've got all those weeks beyond that in your life that God is going to continue to supply for you, all because you put his kingdom first. God honors our obedience. Amen? And so here we have then, you know, God called to Moses before Moses ever called to him. Why? Because God always takes the first step. He always has his eye on us. Amen? He's always looking. Sometimes... People throw their hands up and they say, God, do you really understand what's going on here? You know, just like with Kate, you know, uh, Amanda's sister, we were all praying. I had activated the prayer chain. You guys were faithfully communicating with me and we were all praying healing, not for God, your will to be done. We know what his will is. He sent his word and he healed them by his stripes were healed. So we prayed for a miracle and we got just what we prayed for. Amen. God was faithful. He honored his word. We didn't throw our hands up and say, Lord, do you understand what's going on here? He fully understand it. And as the people of God began to intervene, prayer works. When we had, as Chelsea mentioned in the opening of the service, when we had that January the 5th prayer night, this place filled to capacity with people praying, reading Scripture, sharing things that God was revealing to them. We're going to be doing that again. But it was just an overwhelming moment Many from our church, many from outside who heard of this event and wanted to come and stand in prayer. Why? Because sometimes humanly it's humanly impossible to change a circumstance, and that's when we need superhuman intervention. Amen? And so that's what happened. And miracles have come from that night, and that's why we pray. God answers prayer. See, so here's Moses: no dream, no possessions, no ambition. You know, again, nothing. But yet in a moment, everything changed. Why? Again, because God took the first step. He always does. In Scripture, you'll see many examples of this. I'll just give you a couple. God took the first step when he created Adam and Eve. Man didn't create itself, right, himself. God did. God took the first step when he raised up Abraham. Abraham wasn't looking for God, but God spoke to Abraham. He heard the voice of God, and he stepped out by faith. And a nation came from the loins of this man. God took the first step when Jonah went to Nineveh. In fact, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. And he fought God, even though God took the first step and gave the command. He fought. He went to Tarshish instead. And we know where that got him. Finally, he came into agreement with God's purposes and plan. And then a revival hit that entire city that was filled with idolatry and paganism and heathenism. All because God took the first step. Why did Jesus come to earth? Nobody was looking for God, but God was looking for us. God the Father sent His Son to earth for mankind when mankind wasn't looking for Him. God always takes the first step. Think about it. The same voice Moses struggled to distinguish 40 years prior when he lived in Egypt. He couldn't hear the voice of God. He had never been taught, raised. He didn't know what it meant to draw close to God. The same voice he couldn't distinguish 40 years prior, he could now hear. Why? Say it again. Because he went up. He went up. Look at Exodus 19.3. And Moses went up to God. That's important to understand. That is a divine principle right here. That means you're not going to encounter God if you just stay right where you are. Spiritually. You just allow yourself to plateau. And, and, And you find yourself in a spirit of mediocrity. Don't want to rock the boat. Why is it that people think Jesus rocks the boat? Have you ever thought about that? When Jesus said to his disciples in the New Testament, get on the boat, we're going to the other side. Jesus had a divine appointment with a demoniac that he was going to set free. He was going to heal him. They got on the boat, then the storm came. You know, some people say, see, that's exactly why I won't do these things for the Lord. Every time I do something for him, life gets worse. God's ruining my life. That's not true. He's not the one who rocks the boat. He's the one who will steal the boat and steal the storm. He's the one who will intervene when the enemy tries to stop us because he's a thief. He's a liar. He comes for one motive, to steal, kill, destroy. And when the enemy comes to do that to our children or to us, our marriages, whatever it might be, your finances, your health, I could go on and on and on. Whenever that happens, he's not the problem, he's the solution. I've known people who have tried to just maintain a stable atmosphere by leaving God out in their home only years later to find their marriage is over. And the very person that was saying, Leave Jesus out of this home, it didn't solve anything. It brought the demise and it went to pot. All because God was left out. He's not our problem. He doesn't create the storm, he calms the storm. And once we get that through our heads, then you're going to find it's going to change how you deal with life. And then when God challenges us, okay, you love me. I know you love me. You're doing well. But I want more of your heart, more of your life, more of your commitment. I want you to be a man of God. I want you to be a woman of God. Time for the next level. When that happens, like Moses, you'll answer the call. Moses went up to God and the Lord called him from the mountain. See, once you get to the top of the mountain, it's where God is. He speaks up there. You're away from all the other distractions, all the other voices, only God's voice in you. He went up, and God was faithful. See, Moses knew in order to discern God's voice, he had to change his position. And that's true for all of us. If we really want to begin to hear God speak, you're making a decision about your future, about a job, something that is very serious with your children you want to hear from god there are many voices that can speak to us and there can be wisdom in those voices but at the end of the day you want to know god's opinion lord these are all great options but what are you saying changing your position will enable you to hear clearly from the lord that's why scripture states again he went up to god god took the first step remember i've said that earlier God always takes the first step. It begins with him. He wasn't lost. We were. And he found us. We didn't find him. Right? God took the first step. Now it was Moses' turn to reciprocate. And this applies to every single human being. Going to the next level will change what you hear, what you see, and what you do. Why? Because when you hear from God, your whole perspective is transformed. That's the problem with this world. Everybody has a self-perspective. What's in it for me? Where when Jesus came, he had God the Father perspective. Not my will, but yours be done. Amen? And when we embrace that same mindset, you'll find when you go to the next level, God will empower you to embrace all that he has. He'll bring that clarity, that discernment you know, so you can be decisive in your decisions. And so as you get back to Moses, after Moses finished the climb, that's when he was ready to answer what happened on top of the the mountain, the call. The reason some people don't hear God's voice is because they're content to serve from a distance. When there's a compassion outreach, well, they got enough people. Never enough people to share compassion when there's a need in the church, uh, I'm too busy. If we really want to go to the next level, not that we do everything. There is this one-letter word that I love, not one letter, one word that I love, balance. We need to be balanced in our walk with God as far as not wearing ourselves out, but we also need to be balanced in our commitments in the world. Sometimes... All of the obligations, the demands, especially if you have children, of the world can just suck our time up, and then we're exhausted, we're tired, and then it's like God gets the rap. Well, I'm too tired. Lord, I I need a break. Well, not from me, you don't. Maybe from some of the other things, right? Is this making sense? And so here you have, again, when when we're at the next level, we hear God, He begins to bring perspective We know what we should and shouldn't do. God brings that balance that we all need in our lives. You see, when Moses got to the top, God revealed himself to Moses. Amen? That means spiritually when you take your walk with God to the next level, he will empower you to do what? To fulfill the command. God has a word for all of us. There are principles we're called to live by. There are principles you... That God wants us to embrace, and when we embrace them, what does it bring? His blessing. Why? Because blessing always follows obedience. Exodus nineteen five and six. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me. Isn't that what the Lord said to him in our text? And and this is all part of the call. Special treasure to me above all people, to all the earth. For all the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. You see, blessings always follow. God rewards obedience. On the mountain, what happened with Moses? He entered into the covenant. On the mountain, Moses received God's promise. And on the mountain, he was given direction. So let me ask this question. What are you doing to draw closer to God? Are you making the climb? Or are you content to serve from a distance? Spiritually, when you take your walk with God to the next level, again, He will empower you to fulfill the command. You see, you make the climb before you hear the call. And then once you hear the call, the call is the command, what He requires of us and from us. Do you know God speaks to us for one purpose? Yes, so we can hear his voice and know his ways. But he speaks to us so we can speak to others. Our lives are a rippling effect, like it or not. Either for good, or let me soften it a little, not so good. For things that would not advance God's purposes in the lives of others. Look at what God says to Moses in Exodus 19.6. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. When he was on the mountain, God spoke specific. These are the words. You will be my parrot. Parrot these words. Share these words. Let them hear exactly what I have for them. It begins with you, and you take it to my people. Like I said, God revealed his word to Moses, so his word would be revealed to people. That's why you'll never have anything to say until you hear what God is saying. I like to ask people, what's God been putting on your heart lately. Now, there's some people I won't say that to because I don't want to scare them, but, you know, they'll say, well, nothing. Right? And, and I don't want to put a person in that position, but those that I see, if they're they're starting to make that journey or they love the Lord, but maybe they're stuck. You ever? I know I've been stuck at times in life. Have you ever felt stuck? And then have someone say, what's God been speaking to you lately? What's he been putting on your heart? I love that. That just takes and causes me to reevaluate. Yeah, I was getting a little stagnant here. You know, fire me up, Holy Spirit. Make me the man. Bring new and fresh fresh vision to my life. Amen? Life is so boring if you don't have direction. I mean, sooner or later, people who have accumulated great wealth, they'll tell you, sooner or later, when you have everything that money can purchase and make available to you, Life becomes pretty boring because it's more than about stuff. It's more than things. It's about feeling that I'm making a difference. When you look at architects, do you know why they build and design and then construct these great edifices? Because it becomes a monument of their work. When you have people who are philanthropists and and they donate large sums of money, start foundations, they do that because... They want to fulfill a purpose. They want to leave a memory. They want to feel like their life was more about all that they could acquire and their life was about helping others. That's why Jesus, the world, doesn't know it from the perspective of God's commands and promises, but they've come to understand this principle, many without knowing the Lord, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so when we come into grips with that, and we understand that's that's why you can't outgive God. And, and, and then when it comes to the plans and purposes, people say, oh, all that churches do in general, they're just after people's money. Well, it's not really true. Some are. But the biblical perspective of church ministry and church giving, that is not about wanting money. It's about having an influence on a person's heart. When people surrender, the most important thing the world deems necessary, money, and when you honor God with your tithes and offerings, that breaks a chain so that money will never have you, even though you have money. Money is a responsibility, and just as our time and every aspect of our lives. And when we hear from God, when we go to the next level, when we position ourselves where his voice is distinctive. I mean, you know that's him. No mistaking. Look at John the Apostle. He was was exiled. He was so powerful. Do you know, they tried to kill him. Rome tried to kill him many times. He was shot with arrows. They couldn't kill him. They put him in a pot of boiling oil, boiled him alive, and his skin wasn't even scorched. Read the history. Read Josephus and others like him. They couldn't kill him, so what did they do? They said, well, let's just remove his audience. And they exiled him to a remote island called Patmos. Now, I can assure you, none of us, let alone John, who was just as human as you and I are, would choose a deserted island to live out the remainder of our days. But yet, against his choice, But knowing that the steps of the righteous, God orders them, he didn't fight it. He said, Lord, I don't understand all of this, but there's got to be a purpose here because you are the God of purpose, not a God, the God of purpose. So he went without a fight. The man they couldn't boil in oil and kill him. The man they couldn't kill by shooting arrows into his body. They put him on this island with no, no provisions, but yet God provided for him. Amen? And little did John know that that would be the place that the last book of the New Testament, the last book of the Bible, 66 books, that God would bring this great revelation, singular not plural, this great revelation to him and how important it would be 2,000 years later even now for the Christian Church. We are definitely living in apocalyptic times. How many believe that? Amen. Thank God, he was where he needed to be. No distractions, no other interference, and he could hear clearly. For him, that was the next level. Is this making sense? What's God have for you? Don't run from him, run to him. He is our greatest resource. I mean, he's wisdom. When people say, Lord, give me more wisdom, we're just getting more of him. Amen? Wisdom. It's one thing to have head knowledge, but wisdom will show us how to apply the knowledge. We need his intervention in our life. God took Moses again to the next level so he could take Israel with him there. And God is waiting for you to do the same. Do you know what's waiting for you at the next level? your breakthrough, your healing, the provision you need. Maybe finances are so stretched, so tight, if you'll take the step up, you'll make the climb so you can hear the call and then obey it. Your provision is waiting there. The miracle that's necessary is waiting there. Throughout my ministry, time and time again, I've seen God do the miraculous. I've served him now. I've been a Christian over 50 years. Well, to be exact, 50 years and 21 days. Is <laughs> the first Sunday in January was my birth date. Some of you maybe saw that on Facebook. So for all of those years, I've learned like David said. I was young and now I'm old, but I've never, ever, ever seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. You don't have to beg God to do this or do that. Just ask. But make the ascent don't serve from a distance don't love him from a distance answer the call i remember when the twin towers were hit you know on september the 11th 2001 and there was a surge of men and women who enlisted into our u.s military to answer the call they didn't want to make a difference from a distance they knew they couldn't and so many many enlisted. Not drafted, but enlisted because they understood their purpose. And you know what God is calling us? There is a war that's still raging, a spiritual war. Why do you think there is so much, not only discord, but disarray and, and evil that is happening in the political system, in our school systems? There is such a need for a move of God We've got to stop trusting men to fix what men can't fix. Why? Because men break it, and only God can fix it. And when we understand that our hope and our deliverance and our provision, our answer is from the Lord and Him only. Don't choose political sides. Choose Jesus. I've seen people who say, yes, I am this way, but it's against God's Word. I vote Jesus. That's it. That's it. There's no Democrat, no Republican in heaven. And even before this nation existed, when nations repented and made things right before God, the answer, the breakthrough came through a revival that changed the course of history at that moment. They were the great awakenings that we read about. On the day of Pentecost, you know, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the 120. We need A move of God. And what we need to challenge people to do is go to the next level. Really draw close to God. Learn how to hear His voice. Learn His ways. It'll transform you. It'll transform your home. One day, I'm going to go home to be with Jesus if the rapture doesn't come in my lifetime. And when I'm an old, 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 old man, and God says my purpose is done, I want my words and my life to be a generational legacy to my children, my children's children, and my children's 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 children, and on and on to where we couldn't recount all of the children's that we would add to the narrative. I want that to make a difference. All because Dad, Papa, Craig, chose to go to the next level. I love the I say yes to the next level because it's what He wants. What do you say? Simple, yes or no. Lord, take me higher. Songs that have won millions of dollars, eagle's wings, one of them, that people have sung about going higher. That's what God, only God can bring us to that place. And when He takes us higher, there'll be a purity, about all of that blessing that follows our obedience. Maybe some of you have been crying out for a spouse. You're looking for someone you can spend the rest of your life with. Next level. Next level. Seek first the kingdom. Isn't that what Jesus said? Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the king, his kingdom, and his righteousness. Then all these things. We're all waiting on a lot of things. I remember when I was waiting on my healing back in April of 2021. Went in for surgery and then to hear the prognosis God healed me of cancer. Blessed be his name. I continued before, during and now after to seek first the kingdom. And I've said this, I'll say it again for those that maybe who are watching or here didn't hear it. The doctor said to me, well Reverend, you're going to die one day, but not from this. Amen. But then I did say, well, maybe not. Looked at me with a little, I said, and she's a Christian, my surgeon. I said, well, the Bible speaks of the rapture. So if he comes during my lifetime, technically, I'm not going to die. Amen? Simple answer. Yes or no. Praise the Lord. I love what God said to Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, call to me. Again, we're all here to make the climb, hear the call, and answer it by obeying the command. He says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. How many are up to seeing some great and mighty things? I mean, really, come on, think about that. Sometimes we we just so distance the Word of God when he right now wants to do great and mighty things. When I, Cindy and I were in Israel back in October, and the day we and some, of the, some from the church and the rest of our team flew out of Tel Aviv, literally to have missiles chasing behind us, that's how close it was, not at the jet but into the Gaza Strip. Our pilot, I was told later, could see the missiles launching into the whole Gaza area. God protected us. You know, sometimes you make a decision because you know you've heard from God. And I have, I have to tell you, walking where Jesus walked, walking where Abraham and Moses, walking where King David, standing in the valley of Elah, where David and Goliath faced off, picking up those stones, I gave them all my grandsons. I didn't think the granddaughters would be interested. And then when they all burst into tears afterwards, I felt so bad. I said, well, when I go back, and Cindy said, we're going back. (laughs) I believe one day if the Lord tarries, yes. I don't walk by fear, I walk by faith, but I'm also, I have to be wise. I get that. I get that. But when God orders your steps, amen? So I gave them to my grandsons, and I said, obviously David didn't choose these stones. But maybe the ones I gave you, maybe the smooth stones that he did choose, were right next to thee. These are the almost stones that David chose. They were like, my daughter and son-in-law are in the back. They were there. My my grandchildren, they were like, why? Miracles still happen. They did with David, they happen now. We serve a God of miracles. Jesus wants you to know his voice. How many believe that? He wants you to know his voice. God won't carry you. As you make the ascent. But he has promised to lead you. See there's sacrifice involved in going to the next level. Going higher. We have to literally. One foot after the other. We have to discipline ourselves. To make the journey. But God. He'll never leave your side. He'll be there every step. And when you get to that place. I'm telling you. He will speak things to you that you've never heard your life will be overwhelmed by the majesty and the glory of God. He's real. I was raised in a religious church, but then when I became a Christian, a true Christian, man, He opened up His fullness. And I can tell you, God doesn't disappoint. Hallelujah. Everything you need in life and ministry is wrapped up in this. Climbing, going. You know what I'm going to say. Say it with me. To the next level. Amen? How many are ready to make the climb? I don't know what that involves. We're all different. and God has the same destination, but it may be a different type of pathway. But we still are going to climb to that next level. And we don't know what all of that involves. We just know it needs to be done. So, Lord, I'm ready to go higher. I'm ready to make the journey. If you're ready and willing to make that journey, it begins with, first, knowing Jesus personally. I don't mean, I go to church once in a while. I mean becoming a Christian. I eat a Burger King every now and then, more then than that now. But just because I eat there doesn't make me a Whopper. Although if I eat there too much, I may become a Whopper just like going to church doesn't make you a Christian but when you find a place where God can really challenge us not in a mean way but in a healthy way I'm going higher I'm tired of being down I've been down here for forever I'm ready to go to the next level that begins first by knowing Jesus as your Savior. I prayed that prayer on a Sunday evening, 1974. And I'm going to pray that prayer right now so that anyone who's watching online can pray that with us. And I want to ask everyone in here to pray it nice and loud. Maybe this might be your first time, maybe not. But we want to pray this to reaffirm where we are with the Lord, but also for those that will be praying on the airwaves, this message will be on River TV soon. So we want them to know how to commit their life to Jesus. Amen? To so every head bowed, just nice and loud, authoritative, with passion. Pray this prayer, repeat after me. Dear God, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, and I need you in my life. Please forgive me of all my sins. Right now. I confess with my mouth I believe with my whole heart that Jesus Christ is the only Savior and Lord right now let your Holy Spirit reside within me I thank you according to your word my sins are forgiven I'm born again In Jesus' name, now shout it out. Amen. Now give God praise, because I believe many people around the world prayed that prayer with us here at our Doylestown campus. Praise the Lord. Once a person makes that commitment of salvation, the next step, one word, three letters, yes. Just say yes. Lord, I'll do it. Honestly, when I finally committed my life to the Lord, I was fighting it. I got to tell you, again, I was a heathen. and raised by a godly mother. But and I remember sitting in that church. It was a Sunday night. Nobody has Sunday nights anymore. Maybe I, that needs to happen again. But I was sitting in that church. I started to squeeze the pew. It was all hard wooden pews. Very uncomfortable, especially in the summer. And so I'd be I was squeezing that pew, the top of it, My knuckles were turning white. Then God spoke. I know it was him because it was a divine moment. I, I was about to enter the kingdom of heaven. And God said, Craig, what do you have that's so great that you feel like you're going to lose if you commit to me? What is it that you think I'm going to wreck in your life? Well, I was depressed. I was struggling with depression. I was. At times, suicidal thoughts came to me because I just didn't want to live. I lived in a home where my father was a, it was an alcoholic and abusive when he was drunk. I had no desire to live. And then when I looked, the way I held on to that pew, like that's I was holding on to what tormented me. It was like the light went on. I was thinking, what am I going to lose? I'm going to lose the depression. I'm going to lose the pain. I'm going to lose the hatred and the bitterness. And I and then I just began to cry. And I committed my life to Jesus. And that's when everything changed. And then after knowing him, I just try to say yes every day. I'm not batting a thousand. If I was, I'd be the next Billy Graham. But I'm not batting a thousand. But I'm committed to ever increasing my spiritual batting average. So I live out and practice my faith. And that's what saying yes every day is that you continue the climb. All right. Going to the next level, and then when you reach that level, God will say, "Now let's go to the next level." We go from glory to glory to glory, faith to faith to faith, strength to strength to strength, level to level to level. So, all of you are at different levels, but there's a level up that's waiting for you. Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org, or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.